before we even kick off the podcast, I just want to remind everyone to go like, subscribe, and keep up with these weekly episodes. If you like what you hear, spread the word so more coaches can tune in for our weekly podcasts. Hey guys, I have got with me today Coach Rob Ortiz. Coach Ortiz is heading into his second season as the offensive line coach and run game coordinator at Garden City Community College. Before his time at Garden City, he spent a couple years at Gila River Junior College in Arizona, where he helped them to an undefeated season and a number 18 ranking in the nation. Uh, and he also spent some time at Marietta Valley High School in Southern California, where he helped coach the team to a CIF championship game um, with uh, one of the top offenses in the nation. So Coach Ortiz, pleasure to have you, man. How's everything going? It's been good, man. Busy, busy. Uh... But, you know, I got no complaints. Good. Awesome. I love it. Um, we're going to jump right in because I know you got meetings tonight. Uh, you know, talk to me about, um, you know, obviously you've been a part of some great teams at, at Garden City, at, at Gila River and Marietta. Talk to me about how the offensive line played a part in the um, in the success that those teams had. Uh, you know, I mean, the saying goes, um, as the O-line goes, the team goes. And, I, you know, I think that's true. Both both sides of the ball, both offense and defense, man. Um, when we look at the – like I'll go back to the 2016 season when I was at Marietta Valley. Uh, we ended up with the number five offense in the country at the high school level uh, with a team that gave up six sacks over the course of 14 games. We ran for 4,000 and passed for 4,000. Yeah. Uh, and at the end of the day, that's not something that that happens without having, you know, a bunch of really good guys up front that, you know, work well together and that put the work in to, you know, make things happen on the back end, you know? Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous numbers. Um, I mean, I'm assuming you guys had a, a couple of pretty good skill guys on those teams too, right? Oh, no, without a doubt. I mean, we had um, a Division one quarterback, you know, and a couple of Division one receivers. Right. Um, but, you know, at the same time, um, we had one one Division one offensive lineman. Okay. Um, you know, uh, that was, was going to be my next question was how many of those how many of those guys up front? went on to play at the next level or, or, or were scholarship kids and you only, uh, so, well, I mean, we had, we had three, three ended up going somewhere. Okay. Um, our left tackle was uh, Colorado school of mines. Uh, okay. Right okay. guard ended up at San Jose state. He's there now. And then our right tackle went up to Valparaiso uh, played a year there and then just kind of decided to, to pursue, you know, engineering, which by sure. all means, and it's, that's uh, you got to go pro in life at some point, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, you know, me just, just being me kind of getting off topic before we kind of get on topic. How, how big, how big were you guys up front that year? Just because I, I mean, you've coached long enough and I've coached long enough. Sometimes the really, you know, I can remember a really good offensive line. I coached at, at the high school level where one guard was 175 and the other guard was, you know, a buck 90. So, I mean, it, it, it's, it can, you know, it, and then, and then both tackles ended up being D one kids. So it, it, it fluctuates. Uh, but you know, what, what was your guys' size that, that team? Um, so, I mean, I think left to right, you know, we had, we had some pretty decent size. Now we right. were playing in, uh, I mean, division two out in California, which is no joke, you know, uh, we're one step below myriad of that, or I'm sorry, uh, modern day Bosco and all those. Sure. So, okay. um, left to right, six, three, two fifty, five eleven, two seventy five. you know, five eleven, two forty five. 245 big one was six, four, two eighty five at right guard. And then right tackle was six, five, two Oh five. Oh, wow. You know what though? I like at the high school level, even and even college, like recruiting, and we're gonna talk a little bit about recruiting kind of down the road, but like <laughs> I'll take some of those, some of those 
you know, five eleven to six foot kids that that are you know between two thirty five and and two fifty five, like some of those dudes can play. And yeah, for, no, that for, I mean. for our level, especially you know at the at the, at the Division three level, like you can make a kill in getting some of those dudes, and some of those dudes end up being really really good and and you know all americans even down the road so um, yeah i mean i we were really really lucky with the left guard and left and center that we had i mean they were just they're, they're kind of everything you want out of right. linemen um just the, the nasty disposition worked really well and the, the left guard is only a sophomore and i mean was you know he was the strongest player on the team you know came right. in as a freshman as the strongest player on the team so that's usually how that works i kind of <laughs> I, I love how that always happens like you get like a couple you know like a couple seniors a couple juniors and then the one sophomore who's just like the freak of nature amongst all of them and and can squat 800 pounds and can you know run a four five forty and that's like oh but he's just a sophomore you know i love you always get those kind of random kids that jump in there oh it never fails yeah yeah all right so we're gonna get on uh, back on topic now so um you know obviously you're you're at garden city um uh, mm-hmm. an amazing powerhouse juco program uh, you spent time at Gila River. Talk to the listeners a little bit and, and kind of talk to, to me a little bit uh, about some of the, you know, some of the myths that that have been busted in your time in, in JUCO because, you know, everybody unfortunately lives in the last chance you generation now where where they see these schools and, I, and you know, I, they've seen Garden City, obviously. Um, right. Talk to people about a, a little bit just about kind of those myths that that aren't really true and then maybe some of the myths that kind of are you know like oh that that's pretty accurate you know um one of the things that i really look at man is is one of the biggest knocks that a lot of these juco kids get is you know they're they're not smart they're you know it's great issues all of that um and i always kind of think back to well my past two left tackles actually so my left tackle two years ago when when i was at Healy river jasper freese um you know, signed a four-year scholarship out of Cal, you know, coming out of high school. Right. Uh, wasn't, I think, doing computer science or engineering over there and then came to us. Now, my left tackle last year, Isaiah Adams, you know, graduated Juco with a 4.0 and got a four ride to Illinois and is up there now. And I mean, Illinois right. is, you know, obviously a, a very strong academic school. So uh, seeing it pretty often where we ended up with, you know, three kids with a 4.0, um, they graduated with 4.0 in that fall semester. And then I think another 28 over, you know, over a 3.0, which for Juco really, I mean, you can't ask for much more. That's, that's, that's pretty phenomenal for the most part. And I mean, we're still trying to push that higher, obviously, but that's one of the biggest things to me is um, you don't, I mean, you can't be a dummy and play college football at the end of the day. Um, Absolutely. Right. It it just, it doesn't, it doesn't work, you know? So um, that's kind of one of the big things for me is it, I was, I've been lucky to have a great group of kids year in and year out, uh, that put the work in that are smart, you know, do they have to apply themselves a little bit more in some situations? Yeah. But by no means are they, you know, dumb or anything along those lines. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, that was, I was actually going to kind of, that, that's a good lead into my, <laughs> another question I had was kind of about, you know, recruiting, how you guys do the bulk of your recruiting, because like you said, people, people see Juco and, and kids, even kids. I mean, they think Juco means bad grades. Like they think right, right away, Juco is bad grades. Um, you know, along the same lines as kid, when when people talk about D three, they they automatically assume you have to have good grades. You know, there are some there are some D three programs that'll you know if you've got a pulse, you can get in. Um, right. But but you know, what do you guys do? How how is your recruiting plan? You know, is it is it trying to find those kind of 
diamonds in the rough out of high school? Is it, is it, is it, you know, big, big bounce backs, you know, what, what do you guys kind of prioritize as you, uh, I'm assuming you recruit only offensive linemen, correct? No, you'd be surprised. Um, so I've got my recruiting area, which is basically okay. the entire West coast. Um, I had a hand both the offense and defense. Okay. Uh, you know, so I'll, I'll, you know, turn rocks over and, and pound the pavement as much as I can. Uh, and then for my guys really up front, you know, we're going with everything from non-qualifiers to bounce backs to, uh, you know, guys that kind of just slip through the cracks. So um, it's kind of a little bit of everything uh, for us. I mean, we, we look to have guys that can go power five, that can be legit right. big time recruits. So, um, you know, thinking about it, I mean, my left, my, my offensive line this year, from the way it's shaking out, it'll be from left to right. I mean, 6'7", 275, 6'4", 345, 6'3", 305, 6'6", 315, 6'8", 320. So yeah, uh, I don't have small guys. Right. Um, but at the same time, these are all guys that can move, that can be athletic, and they can go make the plays that we want, especially with us being an up-tempo offense, you know, outside zones, heavy. Um, it's really just kind of finding guys that we know or feel down the line can be those you know, SEC Big Ten type recruits. Right. I mean, and that's, I mean, you've got to take, especially when you get the, you know, when you're talking about the bounce back world we live in and, and the, and the transfer portal world we live in, I mean, you're, are you getting a lot of those guys that are kind of, I don't want to use the term plug and play, but that are ready, you know, like you don't have to spend a lot of time developing them. Is that kind of, is that kind of priority, you know, top priority for you guys, or are you looking for guys that, you know, can, can develop and, and maybe have to, you know, redshirt a year and then, and then can be really top-notch players as, as freshmen and sophomores before they drop, before they transfer, you know, back to another school. What's, you know, is that, is that way into kind of how, what you guys are doing in the recruiting world? I mean, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, we have so much turnover year after year, obviously. Yeah. Um, I lost, let me think, one, two, three. I mean, I lost four guys that started games for me last year. Um, plus, you know, two more depth guys. So I had to replace six. Um, you know, I was lucky enough to get, you know, my starting right tackle back with me, my left tackle next year. Um, I also returned a guard who played, you know, started a couple games for us, a center who started a couple games for us. And then a guy who, um, you know, would have been my starting right guard last year that ended up, you know, having a meniscus injury right before season and took a medical. So um, I'm pretty, pretty lucky in that I return a lot in terms of playing experience. Right. But at the same time, I mean, I still got to look for guys that can come in and make an impact day one. I mean, yeah, uh, that's kind of what we look for right off the bat. I'm going to be I'm going to be able to develop the guys the way that I want um, to fit our offense and, and to get up to speed technique wise. But you kind of want to look for that healthy balance of guys that can come in and make an impact and guys that you can kind of develop out you know, over time as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, what do you as a coach, you know, you've got a what do you do when you get that kind of undersized guy who who you know maybe you see some potential in him but you know obviously the head coach has to has to sign off on it what you know how do you handle those situations because you know being that you recruit the west coast and you know you're not just looking at offensive linemen you know how do you handle those guys that um you know might not pass the eyeball test but but really you know you're going to pound the table table for I mean what do you how do you handle those conversations with those guys and and you know what do you you know as a, as a recruiter you know without without giving away your secrets what do you what are you saying to those guys to kind of keep them you know keep them on the hook so to speak 
<laughs> right. Well, I mean, we're lucky in a couple of different things. We're we're a scholarship juco, right? So okay. Um, all our guys are on, you know, in dorms, on meal plans, um, which helps a ton. I mean, I can look at them and say, hey, man, you get three meals a day, all you can eat, you know, you're going to be 285, 295 easy as long as you put the work in. Right. Not just that. Um, we're lucky enough that, you know, we're one of the few JUCOs, I, I think, in the country that has a full-time strength conditioning coach. And I think, you know, he's one of the, I mean, I think he's the best in the country at our level, and, you know, really one of the best out there because he does a fantastic job with our guys. Um, you know, he got here last semester and, you know, I had a center that was, you know, 365 and had, you know, been out with injury. And, um, he ended up leaving here on a full ride to Bowie State, you know, in summer um, at 325, just oh, from wow. you know, putting the work in and, yeah. and the workouts that our, our strength conditioning coach has them go through. I mean, he, uh, the immediate impact that he's had has been huge. So, you know, another example would be my right tackle, um, Chris Carter, who, you know, he's every bit of six, seven, but, you know, just like you talk about, he's a traits guy. So he's long, he's athletic, is um, a former basketball kid, but played last season at 243, you know, oh, and wow. in our conference, it's not, <laughs> not easy at all, but uh, he's walking into he's walking into the room now at 275, pushing to 285 for, for season. Right. And, it's eating right. It's having access to that, that three meals a day. And it's having a great strength conditioning coach where we're giving you the resources that you have at a division one program. And we have a plan to develop and get you there. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's, uh, you know, those are, those are things that a lot of listeners probably don't know about just hearing, you know, junior college football, um, you know, talk, I'm curious about, cause, cause I've always heard stories about how, how really how good the Arizona Juco's were and obviously mm. they've they've have they all shut down or 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 are there still a couple floating around out there yeah I mean it's a new it's a new kind of system okay um, they're all independent now so it, they do a really good job I will say this they've done a really good job of partnering through accredited four-year program or I'm sorry not for you two-year programs um to make sure that everything is above board that all those kids are transferring out um but I'm not going to sit here and say it's the exact same as it was before when you had Arizona Western right. walking around and, and Mesa and, and all those schools, you know, who, uh, who was, who was the artichoke? Who were the artichokes? Scottsdale. Scott. Okay. I always, that one for some reason, that one, <laughs> I, I mean, for obvious reasons, they're, they're the artichokes that always kind of stuck in my brain. Um, right. Yeah. But, but no, my, but my question is talk to me about how, how different is, you know, the, the the Kansas you know Garden City conference with with obviously Garden City and Independence and and a, and a few of those other schools what's the you know what have you seen is the difference between that that level and kind of what things were like at, at Gila River oh man it's like uh it's like playing eight-man football you know your entire life and then jumping to division one program okay and that's no <laughs> knock I mean that's that's no knock on Arizona man but sure uh, they call the Kansas Jayhawk Conference the SEC of Juco football, and by no means is that any uh, far off at all. Right. Um, we walked into this season last year. We started off the season ranked fifth in the country, um, and five of the top 15, five of the top 12 programs were in our conference, counting us. Wow. So um, you got Hutch, who was the national championship. A winner in the spring, you got independence who everybody knows from last chance you, yep. you know, um, Butler is a perennial power who's won six national championships. And, and so, you know, top to bottom, Coffeyville was another one, you know, 
top to bottom, I mean, this conference is it's a murderer's row week in and week out, you know, right. and now uh, we've added in the Iowa schools back. So they're now more or less part of our conference. So now we're looking at, you know, Hutch, Indy, Coffeyville, Butler. Now you're adding in Iowa Central and Iowa Western. Right. <laughs> uh, it doesn't get any easier. Yeah. You know, and um, I got my start. You know, I also got my start at Riverside City College, you know, way back in the day. OK, uh, they're, you know, they're a perennial powerhouse out there. And, you know, I always thought when I was there that, uh, you know, these California schools would be able to compete with a lot of the NJCAA schools. And there are some that can. But the biggest difference seeing, you know, seeing it up front. Right. Um, the depth and the, the ability and the skill that you have in the trenches at this level out here, man, is just it's unreal. Um, you know, and I've been very lucky to have a great group of guys here that really put us on the map last year. Uh, I mean, we led, let's see, we led the NDCAA in first downs per game and third down conversions and in fourth down conversions. Uh, you know, and a lot of that started up front with our run game. But even then, you know, we're going into games where you know, you've got the number one player in the nation, you know, lining up in the trenches. And, you know, Hutch, for example, I think had 60 linemen signed to Division One programs, you know, and we're going up against them following up, you know, a week of playing Indy who had five defensive linemen go Division One, you know, right. so there really are no easy weeks, even with the teams that, you know, might be lower in the rankings. Right. No, that's, I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, it's, it never gets easier, which is, is, but as a, as a coach, you want that. You don't want, you know, you want the challenge because it's going to make, right. it's going to make you better as a coach. It's going to make your players better, your program better. You know, it's, 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 it's just, it's better for everybody. You know, if you're out there winning and beating those teams and competing with those teams, you can compete with anybody in, in my opinion anyways. So. I mean, that was the biggest reason why I came out here was, you know, I, I mean, every coach has to be confident in their ability. Right. Right. Uh, and, and what they can, what they can do, what they feel they can do. Um, and for me, when this opportunity came up, it was, all right, well, you, you know, you've, you've always said you're a damn good offensive line coach and you can go toe-to-toe with anybody now. Here's your chance to prove it. Right. You know, um, you know, you went into it and there are days where you're stressed out and you're kind of sitting there like, man, am I doing right by my guys? Am I doing enough? But then, you know, Saturday comes around and you rush for 300 yards and you're like, okay, yeah, no, we're, we're doing the right thing. <laughs> yeah, things, you know, so. things are good, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, give, me, uh, give me your best JUCO story. Oh man, there's that's uh, tough. Let's let's oh. hold on. Your best appropriate JUCO story. We'll say that. <laughs> man, that's a tough one. Um, I mean, there's just there's uh, some of my stories back from from RCC. I think were some of my funny ones where you know, we had you know California JUCO is a whole kind of different beast, um, right? Just because there's no housing, right? So these are kids that you know you're getting twelve to a four bedroom you know, with oh guys from all over the country. Um, and it's, it's always kind of hilarious to see, but I think the one that gets me the most was last semester here at Garden City. Um, we had the, the football team that was here on campus decided to have a massive, massive water fight. I mean, okay. we're talking, this thing went viral on TikTok, ended up on ESPN somehow. Like it was just this huge thing. And it was hilarious to watch because it's just these kids, you know, you see a bunch of 18 to 21 year olds running around laughing like they're six years old throwing water on each other chasing each other down you've got you know football players basketball players soccer you know all of them and it's just this massive you know it's it's stuff like that where uh you know you don't really get to see that in a lot of other places unless you're at you know a four-year university where it's kind of scheduled and all that this is kind of one of the impromptu things where 
you know, you just have, you can't help but laugh, you know, right. just kind of enjoy seeing guys just have fun, you know? No, that's awesome. That's, that's why we do it, man. That's, that's the, that's the fun stuff right there. I was, I was just talking to somebody last night and um, I commented that some of our, some of our best memories, you know, as we, the, the more we get into the, through the game and the more the game kind of, we, we stay in it, the, the, the more the memories become stuff that happens off the field and right. stuff that's not X's and O's. And, and that to me, that's, that's awesome to me. So I, I love that. Um, oh, without a doubt. Yeah. All right. Well, now you got the tough question, coach. <laughs> if, you know, you could put together an offensive line, a Mount Rushmore of offensive linemen from guys you coached, uh, maybe guys you played with or guys that you were just a fan of who would be on that five man offensive line. Say that one more time. You cut out a little bit. I cut. Oh yeah, I cut. Okay, sorry about that. So if you could put together a Mount Rushmore of offensive linemen, um, of guys, maybe guys you played with, guys you coached, um, or guys that you're just a fan of, who would be on that five man offensive line? Oh man, that's tough. Um, I mean, you know, guys I'm a fan of is going to be, you know, Tyron Smith is kind of the, the go-to for me there. Uh, him and Trent Williams are the two where I just kind of like you're in awe at what they do. Right. You know, uh, they're just, they're special players that, you know, get things done. Uh, you know, and if I got to take a couple guys, like, you know, I want to toss in a couple guys that I coached, you know, Isaiah Adams, who, you know, who's all American for me last year. Um, he's up at Illinois should be, you know, one of the starting offensive linemen this year. Uh, Canadian kid that, you know, put the work in that, you know, did everything right. And, you know, it paid off. Um, right. He's just kind of one of those where you just, you know, you don't get those very often, but uh, when you do, you know, you kind of, it's special. Um, if I want to toss in, you know, I guess one of my high school kids, just to make sure I, or I recognize them, I had a center by the name of Clay Hatch back in 2016 that, uh, you know, like I said, 5'11", 245, and we're going up against a murderer's row when it comes to defensive lines. And, and one of my favorite memories of him is taking a kid that ended up signing with UCLA, 6'4", 315, you know, D-tackle, and just driving about eight yards off the ball on inside zone and, you know, playing him on his ass. I mean, Clay was undersized and just you know that blue collar hard worker kid that you know you take into a dark alley and you don't ever want to line up against right um, and he just kind of one of those that you know he's you know he knows he's never going to be making you know making a career out of football you know it but uh the whole love of the game thing you know um just kind of fun to watch and, and fun to get the opportunity to coach for a little bit um and i'd say the last one man um that's tough. We kind of got to go back to, to the NFL and just go with Quentin Nelson, just with what he does at that guard position is just uh, unreal. You know, his ability to come in day one and put himself in that kind of elite tier, uh, fresh out of college is insane. Yeah, no, that's good. That's a good group. I like the, I like the mix. Those, those two, uh, those two tackles, especially they, uh, Tyron Smith gets a lot of hate these days. Um, and uh, I don't think a lot of, a lot of non-offensive line coaches don't really appreciate just how good Trent Williams is too. So oh, without uh, a doubt, it's a good, good list. Uh, well, coach, before we get you out of here, do me a favor, drop your Twitter handle um, and any other information you want the listeners to know. Yeah. Um, well, my Twitter handle, you can find me on Twitter at coach Ortiz OL. So coach Ortiz offensive line, um, you know, uh, I'll tweet a little bit. I usually just kind of use it to promote my guys, talk about what we do here at Garden City. Uh, you know, we open the season August 27th at Butler, which I think is going to be a really fun game. It's a bit of a rivalry game. Um, and opening the season on, on the road where, you know, we ended their season last year in the playoffs. It's going to be a fun one, to say the least. Um, 
you know, it's just going to be one of those kind of kind of tough games that you always kind of live for. So, you know, we stream all our games online. If you know, would love to have somebody tune in and watch. But uh, you know, really, like I said, I'm just kind of big on promoting my guys. So if you follow me, expect a lot of a lot of tweets about my guys and what they do and what's next for them. You know. Awesome. Well, that's good. That's that, you know, that's what we're supposed to do as coaches. So that's fantastic. Uh, well, coach, I appreciate you coming on, man. Um, you know, best of luck to you and, and look forward to, uh, to chatting with you down the road. Absolutely, man. We'll talk soon. All right. Thanks coach. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Make sure you like, and subscribe, and you can find previous episodes on anchor, Apple, Spotify, or any other podcast platform. 